Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Memcast. Today we've got Dr Sarah Bell with us, who's a locum dermatology consultant at ULHT. And we're going to be discussing non-melanoma skin cancers today. Hi Dr Bell, welcome back. Thanks Rachel. Hi guys, hope your studying's going well. Today I thought we could talk about skin cancers that you might see on your exams. Now, you need to keep in mind there are two main overall types of skin cancer the melanoma and the non-melanoma skin cancers. Today we'll talk about the non-melanoma skin cancers, basal cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma. We'll look at the pathogenesis, we'll look at the presentation, we'll talk about treatment and prognosis of these skin cancers, and then I'll do a quick summary at the end as usual. The non-melanoma skin cancers represent about 90% of all skin cancers. And basal cell carcinoma, or most commonly known as BCC, is the most common of the non-melanoma type and the most common cutaneous cancer. Now, basal cells are early immature keratinocytes, and they're found, believe it or not, in the basal layer. (laughs) This is the lowest or inmost layer of the epidermis, and it lies just above the basement membrane. Keratinocytes produce keratin filaments, which form the cytoskeleton of cells found in our skin, hair, and nails. So what's the pathogenesis behind basal cell carcinomas? And why does this happen to normal basal cells that are differentiating into mature keratinocytes? Well, the causes are multifactorial and include for the most part, and you're gonna hear this over and over again when discussing skin cancers, prolonged ultraviolet light radiation exposure, so cumulative UV light damage. If you look at the recent studies, you'll see that DNA damage from prolonged ultraviolet radiation can lead to genetic mutations that cause problems within the hedgehog signaling pathway, which then in turn increase the risk of malignant transformation of these basal cells. If you think back to your embryology, you'll remember the hedgehog signaling pathway not only influences differentiation of various tissues during fetal development, but it's also thought to play a role in cell growth and differentiation in adults. So remember, if you mess with the hedgehog signaling pathway, you get malignant changes in basal cells. People with BCCs usually report a long-standing non-healing lesion that has slowly grown in size, and a presentation is normally causing them problems, such as ulceration or bleeding. In fact, I find that most males usually present when their partners are tired of washing blood-stained pillowcases. Typically, clinical presentation is a lesion on a sun-exposed site with a pearly rolled nodular edge, depressed or ulcerated center, and overlying telangiectasia. Telangiectasia looks like prominent branching vessels. It's sometimes described as arborizing, and this is a frequent feature found in BCCs. Often you can see the telangiectasia with your eyes, but other times you will need a dermatoscope. Risk factors for developing BCC, well, these include being an elderly male, but elderly females are often affected, and occasionally you will even see them in younger adults. Having previous skin cancer, sun damage, as we said before, and fair skin can also increase your risks. BCCs can arise in areas of previous cutaneous injury, like areas of burns or trauma, 
And you will see multiple BCCs, sometimes in inherited syndromes, like the basal cell nevus syndrome, also known as Gorlin syndrome. There's another condition called xeroderma pigmentosum, and this is a genetic condition where mutations cause problems with DNA repair of ultraviolet radiation damage within skin cells. Immunosuppression is a risk, and transplant patients have a tenfold higher risk of developing BCCs. Arsenic exposure has also been reported as a predisposing factor. And in the UK, this is mainly due to occupational exposure, for example, agricultural or smelting industry workers. So you need to know that there are different types or variants of BCC. And some of the most common are the nodular type, superficial, morphaic, pigmented, and cystic. The most common is the nodular type I described earlier. Do you remember the rolled pearly edge lesion, plus or minus central ulceration, and telangiectasia on the surface? This type of BCC you usually see in the textbooks because it's the classical picture and a likely exam question. There is also a superficial type of BCC. Now, these are usually found on the trunk. They present as a pink, thin plaque and often has this pearly whipcord border. It can have scale, and you can often see micro-erosions just overlying the surface. These can be a bit tricky because they can look like an area of psoriasis or even eczema, except the lesion is usually asymptomatic and it slowly gets bigger, and the patient usually has a history of high cumulative sun exposure. Superficial BCCs can grow very large, up to 10 centimeters in some cases. The morphaic type of BCC, and sometimes it's called cicatricial or infiltrative, this one can present as an indurated firm plaque with ill-defined borders. It can appear really subtle and almost resemble an enlarging scar. The morphaic type of BCC has a very aggressive growth pattern and it can be quite challenging to remove because the clinical margins can be very difficult to define. Pigmented BCCs can also be a bit tricky. These lesions develop when melanin pigment becomes trapped within the tumor cells. And sometimes they can look like a melanoma at first glance, but under dermoscopy, you can often see the typical BCC features, including telangiectasia. There are other types of BCC, including cystic, and keep in mind there can be different types of BCC within one lesion as well, so you might see a mixed pattern. Now, BCCs rarely metastasize, but if they do, it's usually to the lymph nodes and lung, and it's usually associated with syndromes or untreated, neglected, recurrent tumors with an aggressive subtype. They can cause local destruction if left untreated. So this is really important if it's on the face and near the eye, or if it's on the nose, it can invade the cartilage, the muscle and the bone and cause deformity and it can destroy very important structures such as tear ducts or lid margins. So treatment of BCC. Well, this depends on the type, the size and the location. We look at patient suitability and often we discuss options with the patient for their preference. Most lesions are treated by surgical excision with margins and this is usually curative. There are other surgical options such as Mohs micrographic surgery which is a specialized margin control surgery that has the highest cure rate.
Radiotherapy can also be used either as a primary or adjuvant treatment. The superficial type of BCC are much less aggressive and we sometimes treat these with photodynamic therapy. This treatment involves an application of a photosensitive topical cream. Then the patient waits for a few hours and then a light source is applied to treat the lesion and destroy the abnormal cells. Superficial BCCs can be treated with cryotherapy or topical creams. We often use a Miquimod 5% cream and this works by activating toll-like receptors that stimulate the patient's own immune system to destroy abnormal cells. And of course, education is really important to ensure the patients are aware of sun protection to decrease their risk of developing more BCCs and other higher grade skin cancers, which nicely leads us to the next non-melanoma skin cancer, squamous cell carcinoma. This is the second most common cutaneous cancer in the UK. So squamous cell carcinoma, otherwise known as SCC, arises from the more mature keratinocytes above the basal cell layer within the epidermis. SECs will grow down beyond the epidermis, disrupt the dermal epidermal junction, and invade into the dermis. Pathogenesis-wise, the majority of SECs are said to develop secondary to multiple gene mutations in the p53 tumor suppressor genes caused by, again, exposure to ultraviolet radiation. There has been some evidence that the human papillomavirus plays a part in the process. It invades the keratinocytes and along with immunosuppression and the ultraviolet radiation causes malignant changes. Carcinogens, again arsenic and organic hydrocarbons have also been reported as a risk for developing SCCs. SCCs are prevalent in elderly males with sun damage and in Lincolnshire, we commonly see these in our retired elderly farmers but they can also affect elderly females and occasionally younger individuals with higher risks. SECs can arise from areas of previous radiotherapy and appear in areas of chronic inflammation and or old scar sites. There are also rare genetic syndromes associated with increased risks. I mentioned before the xeroderma pigmentosum, which is one. There are other genetic conditions such as oculocutaneous albinism, there's a blistering condition called epidermolysis bullosa, so these carry risks as well. Smokers can often develop SCCs on the lip, and this is deemed a very high-risk site for metastasis. Immunosuppression is a risk again, including CLL, and we often talk about our organ transplant patients, and it's interesting to note that in SCCs, transplant patients are at a 65-fold risk for developing these especially those taking azathioprine. So what do they look like? Well, malignant SCC cells are still able usually to produce keratin. So they present as thick, tender, enlarging, erythematous, keratotic or thick, crusty plaques or nodules, typically in sun damage sites. Rapid growing lesions though can ulcerate and bleed. So management of SCCs. Well, Treatment is excision with adequate margins, or Mohs surgery. We may go on to perform another re-excision depending on the initial margins seen on histology. And the majority of these lesions are low risk and cured by excision. A small number can recur locally or metastasize, 
and when this happens, it's usually initially to the lymph nodes. Radiotherapy is considered if the tumor is inoperable or the patient is unsuitable for surgery. And radiotherapy is sometimes used as adjuvant if it's quite an aggressive tumor. Now, the grading or risk of an SCC depends on multiple factors, including features seen on histology. And you'll see comments on the differentiation of the tumor being described as well, moderate, or poorly differentiated. Other factors include the depth and diameter of the lesion, site, and immunosuppression. Follow-up is usually based on these factors. Dermatologists, myself included, can find SEC management sometimes difficult, so cases are often discussed within the skin cancer MDT. Now of note, there is a skin lesion called a keratoacanthoma. And these are thought to be a low-grade type of SCC, as they have a similar clinical and histological appearance, although this is very controversial. Keratoacanthomas are fast-growing, they do not invade, and they may spontaneously resolve on their own, but they are usually surgically removed. Other management includes, again, the importance of sun protection and education of the patient to reduce risk especially around SCCs. Studies have shown that half of the patients will develop a second SCC within five years, and they also have an increased risk of developing other skin cancers, including melanoma, which we'll discuss in a further podcast. Now, we discussed the most common non-melanoma skin cancers, so I'll do a quick summary just to try and help you remember. First, basal cell carcinoma, most common type of skin cancer, very low grade and slow growing, rarely metastasizes. Aberrant hedgehog signaling causes genetic mutations. Most common is nodular type with superficial and morphaic also frequently seen. Treatment, mainly excision, which is usually curative, but there are other options. Second non-melanoma skin cancer, squamous cell carcinoma. Second most common skin cancer, majority low grade and low risk of metastasis. Caution with high risk lesions or immunosuppression, especially transplant patients. Treatment is excision. Further management and follow-up is based on risk and aggressiveness of the tumor. I hope this podcast has helped you to understand more about the non-melanoma type of skin cancers. All the best for your exams.